Next on BYU Sports Nation, hype up or pipe down? Which do you prefer as a fan, and which BYU team deserves the hype right now? We go live to New Jersey not once, but twice with Greg Rubel and Hoops assistant Quincy Lewis to preview tonight's matchup with Princeton News. Plus, our two-on-one with BYU defensive lineman Kesney Tausinga. He didn't know who Joe Critchlow was until last week. He knows now. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 15th, as Jerem just mentioned, it is a ball night. Yes. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Ivy League aficionado, Jerem Jordan. Yes, a few years ago I visited Brown, where one Emma Watson went to school. <laughs> yes. Where is Brown's campus? Uh, where was it? I can't remember. <laughs> you went there? and Obviously it uh, played a significant role in your life. Yes. I don't, re- I don't exactly remember, no. At green underscore DN with this tweet, <laughs> tuning into BYU Sports Nation this week just to hear Jerem Jordan say Princeton. Princeton, yes. <laughs> a ton of princes, yes. Financially is the case as well. Yeah, you know what, Princeton? Look- you can take your $39 billion endowment. The Princeton men's basketball team will play the Brigham Young Cougars tonight, yes, on <laughs> campus. It is the least interesting thing tonight as the Croquet Club will gather as well as the Honor Roll Academics Dead Poet Society as well. Oh. <laughs> Isn't there a rowing competition as well, Jerem? Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of things there. <laughs> uh, there's a there's an LDS kid who plays in the Ivy League, a seven foot three uh, dude that plays for Penn. Fun fact. Now Penn is the other team that not to be confused with Penn State, but Penn, the University of Pennsylvania. Yeah, Penn is the. Uh, one of the the other teams that typically give Princeton a hard time yeah. winning the Ivy League. There was a dude named Michael Jordan who played a few years ago for Penn. True statement. Yeah. True statement. God, that's my cuz. <laughs> nice Dead Poet Society drop. Yeah. <laughs> it's time that we not have Jerem in his yeah, enough of that. Ivy League voice and bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball in New Jersey. For their first significant test of the season, as we have mentioned, the Cougars face Ivy League favorite yes. Princeton. Yes. The game tips at 7 Eastern on BYU Radio with the Tigers as a four-and-a-half-point favorite at what? home. BYU trying to remain, Jerem, among the ranks of the 150 unbeaten teams left in college hoops. The quest for perfection is alive. Yes, it is. BYU football hosts UMass, speaking of uh, the Northeast, I guess. Uh, Saturday in the final home game of the season. Where does BYU have an advantage on the field against the Minutemen? Tell us, Coach Satake. I think if we just focus on what we do as a team, I think we'll be fine. We match up well against them, and and I like putting it on the the, the front. I like putting it on the D-line and the offensive line to take over the game because I think that could be a strength for us. Indeed, BYU felt it was a strength last week, and it was. Coverage begins Saturday with countdown to kickoff at 2 Eastern time. and The BYU radio pregame coverage starts at 1 Eastern. BYU women's basketball, led by Cassie DeVagere, 
plays at Washington tonight with tip-off set for 10 p.m. Eastern. The competition level rises significantly following the Cougars' overtime win against Southern Utah. You could say that, and you did. Yes. And BYU Baseball announces its captains. They are seniors Brennan Anderson, Keaton Kringlin, and Hayden Rogers. The season begins February 16th, like three months from tomorrow. Bat Cat's going to be playing on a brand new field. Yes. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Hype it up! Extravagant, intense publicity and promotion. The hype machine is real. It's part of sports. Embrace it. Hate it. Ignore it. Doesn't matter. It will always be there because it's founded in the romanticism of hope and sports. Sometimes teams live up to it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes teams outplay a lack of hype, and everyone's happy. Sometimes teams fold under the pressure of it. It is a mental struggle that will rage on forever, Jerem. Forever. This is a precarious position as a fan because of how the most recent BYU basketball and football seasons have played out. Oh, sure. It's kind of like people are hopeful, but a little bit afraid to vocalize it. Cautiously optimistic, quiet confidence, if you will, however you want to phrase it. It's just a tricky situation. That said, which team makes you want to be most vocal on campus at BYU? Our Twitter question today, which BYU team on campus deserves the most hype? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, BYU track and field and cross country tweeted a gift that said, seriously? Cross two, country is two top fifteen man. teams. The men are ranked number two. The women ranked number fourteen. Now, before the season, I don't. Re- we, we did say this team could uh, compete for the national title, and they are. So they're living up to the hype, which is great. Now, you bring up some interesting points here, right? Listen, to be a BYU fan is to be hyped. Y- yes. Listen to me. I've said this multiple times. I'll repeat it for those who are new to the program. The best and worst thing that ever happened to BYU football was winning the national title. Why is that, Jerem? The best is obvious. The worst is that you think it's still possible. It's not possible for BYU to win the national title. A group of five team won't make the playoff, let alone win the national title. So what is BYU playing for? They're playing for a ranking. They're playing for a prestigious bowl. They're playing for a New Year's Six. You know, that's kind of the top of the mountain in the current landscape. It's not the 80s anymore. It's 2017. It's different. There's a lot to play for. It's just not as much as it used to be, right? In hoops, can B- BYU has the most NCAA tournament appearances without a Final Four. Gonzaga was kind of in that mix, and then last year changed that. There have been tremendous athletics at this university for a long time. I'm not saying BYU can't do the impossible, but in football, I am. In basketball, maybe that's somewhere in there down the road. You know, at what's at the heart of every Mormon church? Basketball, A court. basketball gym. I played in one this morning. It's awesome. The hype is real, right? We like to get excited about what we think is going to be something good. Like I said, you Sometimes can... Sometimes you get burned in that. We got burned in football. We got burned in basketball. Lone Peak 3, see ya. It's Lone Peak 1 now. It's just different. And that's why I love this basketball season so far. Because you know what? Listen to the hype. Hold on, hold on. You can hear it. Listen. There's none. And it's awesome. And we can just enjoy it. Some years, it's going to be a little more exciting than others. Like, next year, we're going to be like, okay, now's the year you need to challenge for the league because you bring, like, everybody back. This is not that year. I'm enjoying the lack of hype because guess what? I got some burn-ins 
from football and basketball the last couple seasons. Here's the thing, though. It takes getting burned to be able to enjoy this moment. Mm, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I do think you can enjoy it without getting burned. You can, but like typically we are compelled to do things, right? Well, like a lot of this has to do with the fact so that we have a daily re- show. Something happens. We have to talk about something. So we react. <laughs> like Because of the way that the basketball season ended last year, that has given the undertone of, hey, let's just kind of let it play out. Hype is also built on prestigious play. So Dave Rose deserves expectations that are high because he's a really good coach. He's top 10 win percentage in college basketball, right? Yeah. When you we have don't t- expect to win in the postseason because that's not been a thing that's been regular. When but you we win 22 games, when you win 22 games and people are like, oh, man. That's when you know You're it's spoiled. good. You're spoiled. That's when you know it's good. You are spoiled. Well, I like being spoiled. Like, who's like, I hate being spoiled? Everyone loves being spoiled. <laughs> I love when, uh, you know, the in-laws come to town because they stuff the refrigerator or whatever. I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, so tired of. The amazing wins and all of the – no, no, no. It's occasionally you get burned on it, and, and that's all right. It doesn't feel good. But more often than not, BYU has done a nice job of being pretty good, right? We just want them to be better. Hype, the mental battle that will wage on forever. Which side are you on as a BYU fan? And which BYU team on campus deserves the most hype? For me, Jerem, the answer to today's Twitter question is BYU women's volleyball because all they do is win. Like, they are worth they, – they live up to it. They exceeded. Like, we, and there's not a ton of hype with them because of the sport, right? Women's volleyball, there's it's, not it's a lot an, of It's a niche there. sport. Yeah, for us, it's like they're legit. But they're the yeah. highest-performing program on campus yes. year in and year out. Absolutely. They, like, as good as cross-country and track and field have been and are this year, like – Women's volleyball has gone to five straight Sweet 16s That's and made awesome. a trip to the national championship match. Men's volleyball is relatively there as well. Not as many teams compete, but they've been to back-to-back national championship matches, you know, three in the last like, Let's just five call years. it volleyball in general. Volleyball. This is, is this a volleyball school now? Volleyball. Yeah, volleyball suite. Um, yeah, this is obviously a football school, really heavy basketball, and really heavy a lot of things. Um, it's, it's awesome. There's a lot of good teams. Men's cross country right now, number two. They may win a national title Saturday. I think, I think they deserve some of the hype. I'm hesitant to em- embrace the hype with hoops right now because I want them to just play out and be good and grow without us heaping things. You, you remember what last year? The Lone Peak 3 Final Four. That did not work out. Multiple. Sweet 16. Like, now, that no. said. It, it, it did not deliver. That was a bummer. It's over. Even with the Lone Peak 3 in place. Because people say, well, you did it. Your show did it. Our show did it. You're giving us way too much credit. Both of us said we were hopeful that BYU would make the NCAA tournament. We did discuss high and low. With the Lone Peak 3. Yes. And try and win a game. Like, it would be a great success if BYU got to the weekend in the NCAA tournament. And they won one game. Got to the tourney. Yeah, that's where we're at with BYU hoops. Get to the tourney. I don't think that's this year per se. No, no, it has gone down. I think it's maybe next year, right? Yeah, but so we weren't saying Final Four last year, but there was but, that idea yeah. out there floating around, right? Right, right. And, and we'll be accountable for our picks this year. Last year we weren't, per se. Hoops <laughs> is interesting. Like, you're pumping Yoli Childs a lot, and I agree that he could be awesome, but I on our hype discussion here, I'm like, let it play out. Am Let I- him do it, and then I will crown him 
as opposed to now. I sit on the other side of the fence here. Am I okay? Already, the coaches have said, "Yeah, we think Yoli Childs is one of the ten best players in the West Coast Conference." Very different than the best player. Okay, my position is, I think he is the best one-on-one player in the West Coast Conference. I don't even know how to calculate the one-on-one. You sure so you that's, do? So that's fine. You put, him up, a- you put him up against somebody one on any other player in the conference one-on-one. I know. It's we'll that just, simple. We'll just never. Yeah, I. I don't care to discuss the one-on-one part. Is he the best player in the league or not? He's not going to win player of the year. I would draft He's him. He's not going to win player of the if year. I had a West Jack Coast Landale Conf- or somebody. If I had a West Coast Conference draft, I would take Yoli Childs number one. And that's totally blue-goggled. Absolutely blue-goggled. <laughs> is it, it is. though? You have two top 25 teams no. in the league with good no. players. No, because there are a lot of things that play into that. Into, like he's- you don't think you're blue-goggled in that? Blue-goggled alert. No, I blue don't. Blue-goggled alert. Why? Why is Blue Jock Landale better player one on like side by side than Yoli? Because he's a twenty ten on a top twenty five team. No, he's the, <laughs> he's a product of the what? system. He's a product of the system. So is Tom Brady. No, he's not. Tom Brady is the goat. I know. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm mocking the you, system. You are, idea. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yoli's awesome. You can't he's not say the Jock Landale. Right you can't say Jock Landale is like Tom Brady and mocked the system. That's ridiculous. Yes, that's my point. The system comment is ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. Jock Landale succeeds because he has good players all around him. Tom Brady makes everybody better. Yeah. Jock Landale is made better by those he's around Tom Brady. him. I'm mocking the system okay. comment. So what I'm saying is, yes, I think Yoli Childs is the best player in the West Coast Conference. Hype. I just want it to play out. Why do we have to why is, keep this Why is it hype him? if that's my – why is my opinion hype? It's my opinion. That's, that's hype. There's no factual hype. It's all opinion. Hype is opinion. Okay, so tell me why you're hyping Jock Landale then. I'm not hyping Jock Landale. <laughs> also, he's been proven your, to be a Your opinion is that he's the best player in the West Coast Conference. Right now, he's the best player. Yes. I want Yoli to grow like, a, like an amazing flower and blossom. Instead, we're like – He's shoving all this stuff oh, around him. and is. Just let it happen. He doesn't feel pressure I don't because I think this. he's the best West Coast Conference player. No, you're doing it to our audience. Look at this audience. They're like, oh, Yoli's the best? Does that mean we're going to win the league? What's going to happen? Already they know he is one of the ten best according to the coaches. I know. I don't disagree. There's a huge difference between top ten and number one. Not really when you look yes, at the there list. Is. Tell me who else there is besides Jock Landale and Jonathan Williams. There's is, not is a ton Yoli, of great play- Is Yoli yes. a top three player? He's a sophomore who's going to be a baller. <laughs> Let it happen. Stop heaping the hype I'm, on him. I'm not heaping anything on yes, him. Yes, you are. You're an important person with an amazing opinion, <laughs> and you're heaping it on him. Oh, my goodness. Which BYU team on campus Here. deserves the most hype? Get those blue guys <laughs> away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, we'll go to New Jersey twice with Quincy Lewis. And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us from Princeton as well. What do we know for sure about this BYU basketball team? Other than Yoli Childs is the best. Let him grow. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Don't sneak those blue goggles over here. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Are you on the hype train? Or are you the pipe down guy? I'm not saying pipe down. I just want it to happen. Let let basketball photosynthesis take its place. You are telling me to pipe down. 
Men's hoops. No, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the Oh, other. okay. Men's basketball plays Princeton tonight. <laughs> yes, at, on BYU Radio and the app at 7 p.m. Eastern, pregame at 6 Eastern. By the way, this game is on television, but it's locally NBC Sports, like Philadelphia, California, randomly for some reason. And you can buy for 10 bucks online a link to it. So good luck finding the video. But you know you can listen to it on BYU Radio. Yes, memories of BYU fans living outside of the, the Rocky Mountain area and having to try and find the mountain. Yeah, I thought ESPN was going to do this game originally. But yeah, there's a way to watch it. But you know you can listen to Greg Rebell on, on BYU Radio. And Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, is joining us from New Jersey on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Greg, what is the weather like in New Jersey today? It is a beautiful fall day in Princeton, New Jersey. You know, we're probably a week or two past peak leaf color, but it's high 40s, low 50s, gorgeous. Uh, The campus is located uh, near a river, and uh, the, 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 the scenery and the setting could not be more picturesque uh, on this uh, wonderful autumn day. Greg, have you seen uh, the, the rowing team or, or the members of the crew club out <laughs> today? I've not, and you'd think you'd find them on that river today. But I peeled my eyes and did not see them. We are, uh, the, the, the basketball gymnasium is located over, uh, it's on top of a fencing facility, however. So there is fencing. fencing nearby. Well then. I yeah. love it. All of this just plays into why Jerem does his Princeton voice. Yeah, it's Princeton, yeah. Yeah, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, BYU plays 13 non-conference games. This is a good one at Princeton. Uh, a B-level game, according to our stats friend Ken Pomeroy. What do you feel like is the key to a win for the Cougars tonight against the Tigers? Well, you know, and, and don't think that a B level is not a good thing because he only, you know, Pomeroy's only got an A and a B. So, and, and right now, uh, BYU has 11 tiered games. And that's, I think at one point it was eight, then it was 10. Now it's 11 after some games have been played already. So, yeah, this is, this is BYU's first resume game, if you will, of the season. It's one of the tier games, a tier B game. Uh, Pomeroy gives BYU a 45% chance to win this game. So kind of a coin flip game. Great win for BYU if the Cougars can get it. And really, BYU's non-conference schedule, uh, I, I, I think it's tougher than maybe some people gave it credit for when it first came out. Uh, the game Saturday against UT Arlington is going to be as tough a game as BYU plays in the non-conference. And we saw, we saw what we needed to see from UTA in the spring. Uh, they've only played one game, won it. They'll be off for a week before they play BYU. Niagara comes in, then it's Alabama and UMass back-to-back. Then they'll come all those in-state games. And three of BYU's in-state games are tiered as well. So I'm just saying this is a a challenging non-conference for BYU. If the Cougars come out of it with as many wins as as Pomeroy predicts BYU to have in non-conference, 11, um, they'd be in it. They'd be an NCAA tournament team if they get all of those wins. If they were to get a, go 11 and two in this non-conference, then you're looking at a really, really good basketball team. And again, these are just projections, Pomeroy projections. But by the percentages, that's that's a lot of wins in a very tough non-conference schedule. And we'll see that tonight. Keys to beating Princeton: do what you did last year, uh, get them on the boards. And do what Butler did on Saturday or Sunday. Get them on the boards and, and make sure you manufacture second-chance points. Take care of the basketball. BYU did last year. Butler did this past Saturday. Uh, really, the, the reason Princeton loses the Butler game is really the, 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 the rebound disadvantage, which was 13 just by the numbers, but the second-chance points were 7-zip in Butler's favor. The points off of turnovers were plus 10 Butler. And, and so even though you know Princeton didn't, you know, throw the ball away a ton on the weekend, 11 times is all. 
Butler only turned it over six times. And, and BYU in beating Princeton last year, uh, you know, did, did a lot of those very same kinds of things, uh, you know, to, to beat the Tigers last season. They were, they were plus 12 and or plus 10 in second chance points, BYU was last year, uh, plus five in points off of turnovers. Those same categories that Butler led on the weekend, they won. And, uh, and they won the game because of those particular margins. Princeton shot 60, 56% from the field, 60% from three yeah. on Sunday, and did not win uh, because of those things we just talked about. Now, BYU uh, shot the ball really well uh, in, in all of its games it's played so far. And one guy that shot it particularly well it was Elijah Bryant, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Les Brand is shooting 90.9% on the season. That's because he's played one game, and he went 10 of 11. <laughs> A note, that's not the best on the team because Peyton Dastrip made his one shot. Uh, do you expect Elijah Bryant to miss two or more shots tonight? Don't sell Peyton short. He was two for two. Oh, two for two. My bad. <laughs> he's shooting 100% right now. You expect Elijah to miss Peyton at least two shots? Way, Peyton, here's my stat. Peyton Dastrup in, uh, in the Mississippi Valley State game took his first, first free throws as a BYU Cougar. He did not take a free throw last year. That's weird. Is that a stat that matters? Well, you know, and it happened uh, two years before that, uh, or maybe the year before with Jacob Hartsock. We've got a couple of guys go a year without, and then Jake Toulson, I think, did it one year, too. So, yeah, BYU's had guys uh, play seasons and not take free throws, and so, uh, but that won't be this case, the case for Peyton this year. So, yeah. Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, with us on BYU Sports Nation in Princeton, New Jersey, on what he called a gorgeous fall day, getting ready for the Cougars' first real resume game of the season. Okay, Greg, what type of game do you expect to play out tonight between BYU and Princeton? Slow-paced, in the 60s, 50s, or do you see a high-scoring affair? It'll be higher scoring than the last time BYU played at Princeton. 39-38. Yeah. In so the year I'll after go with that for tonight. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 Princeton's offense, but it's not really the Princeton offense, if you will. It's a little more fast paced and not as deliberate as you'd expect Princeton to play. Um, it's being forecasted for a game in the mid seventies. BYU played mid sixties against Mississippi Valley State. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll take uh, I'll take anything over seventy as reasonable today, possession wise. And again, uh, Princeton. Because of the talent they have, they offer a lot more possibilities for isolation and one-on-one play than you might expect from a Princeton team traditionally. In Devin Kennedy, Amir Bell, and Miles Stevens, that's as good a big three as you're going to find in the Ivy League, certainly. But uh, as good a big three as BYU will see this year in the teams it faces. Uh, Two juniors and a senior. Uh, Stevens was the defensive player of the year in the Ivy League last year, a first-teamer in the Ivy League. And so those three really make this thing go. And, again, it's, it's not exactly what you'd say is a Princeton offense because of the great individual talent they have that demands a little more one-on-one attention. BYU fans are obsessed with the size of gyms. So go ahead and tell us uh, about the gymnasium that uh, Princeton has. You know, Coach Rose and I just talked about this in our post-game, in our post-shoot-around interview that we heard during our pregame show tonight on BYU Radio. He says, you know, Greg, we've done a lot of games in a lot of different places, and this is kind of a one-of-a-kind venue. Um, he equated it to, to, to a venue I was actually considering, too, when, when thinking about what it reminds me of. If you go to Pocatello and, and you go to Holt Arena, yeah. it's, that, uh, it, it's kind of a dome feel. It's a football facility, but they push over the court to one side. And Jadwin Gymnasium is a really unique building. It's kind of like got a cantilevered 
Sydney Opera House dome feel to it. In fact, the, the Sydney Opera House design is kind of what this thing looks like. Wow. Um, a cantilever dome. And you get inside What does that even mean? Well, it's it's got levels. It's again, it's cantilevered. So 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 one one part of the roof goes under the other, and then a bank of windows form. Um, you know, be kind of a bridge between one and the other. It's, it's you got to take look up Jadwin Gymnasium on Google, and it'll yeah. show you what it looks. It's a really unique looking facility. So it's a dome, a double levered, a double layered dome. So you get inside, and you're on the basketball floor, but beneath the basketball floor. It's like an indoor baseball diamond and the fencing facility, and there's all kinds of stuff going on in this place. But yeah, I'm looking at it. It's great. It, it, it's a dome, and they're really uh, and, and the lights extend almost from from floor height all the way across the ceiling and the roof to the other side. So the lights are almost in your view every time you shoot the ball. You're going to have lights in your background. It's Whoa. really a, a challenging venue that way. And so there's a there's a full track inside this dome, and and the basketball floor is on one half of the dome. And so they're going to push bleachers over to one side and create a four sided bleacher feel. But when you walk in on a day before the game, like yesterday, there's only one set of bleachers up, which is a permanent grandstand. And everything else is really open, and it's a, it's it's a really interesting venue to, to to get a shooter's feel in this one. So I'll be curious to see how the Cougars shoot the ball because it is a unique uh, venue from a sightline standpoint, from a lighting standpoint, from a background standpoint, shooter's eye standpoint. Very unique, a lot of history. It's, it, this is the 50th season of Jadwin Gymnasium. Uh, it was it was built in 1969, so it's been around a while. But I, I think it's one of the coolest places I've been. It really is unique and different. And you're playing at Princeton. It's Ivy League. It's Bill Bradley. It's Pete Carrillo. It's all these things. And BYU finally gets to play out here after uh, many, many years away. I'm stoked for tonight. Greg, that was amazing. There's a reason you're really good at your job as the voice of the Cougars and explaining things and painting a picture in people's heads. If you can explain a cantilevered gym so well. I didn't well, know a cantilevered uh, like was. That's, that's going to be the most difficult thing you described today. Well, I, I don't know how well I did it, but you have, you, I'd say you have to be there, but it's my job to kind of tell you what it's like to be there. But, but if you do want to go online and, and find a couple of photos of the place to see what I'm talking about, I tweeted out a photo or two yesterday from what it looks like inside, and you can, you'll be able to see how the lights really do end up in, every, in every, you know, pretty much everything you see in every shot you take. Let's talk about uh, a little bit of football here. So BYU beats UNLV. They're prepping for UMass uh, coming up. UMass is interesting, three and seven, but they've been really competitive. Reminds me of kind of BYU last year, except BYU won more games. But UMass has a, a good pass offense. They got some playmakers. Last year wasn't a game. I'm interested to see how this plays out Saturday. What do you think? Two of the best tight ends in the country uh, playing. Uh, Matt Bushman, although he's only a young guy, has great numbers at, at the tight end spot. And Adam Brenneman, uh, preseason All-American, uh, manned up a postseason All-American. Uh, he ranks 26th overall in the FBS and second among tight ends in catches. Uh, and uh, he's 47th overall, second among tight ends in receiving yards per game right now. He's tremendous. So Brenneman is a name to watch uh, just from an individual standpoint. As you mentioned, good throwing offense, better run, or better pass than run. And, uh, and I think BYU will need to score in the 30s uh, in this one. Uh, UMass's losses are close. As you mentioned, they've been competitive. They've only lost one game by more than 10 points, and that was the game at Mississippi State where they lost by 11, a game they led in the second half. Everything else is really tight. They've, uh, they, they've won a few games recently uh, and, and kind of picked up a little bit of a, uh, a rhythm. Uh, they've won three of four, uh, scored points in those wins. I think BYU have to play well and score some points to get this one done because I think UMass is feeling like they, they can go in and, uh, and, and, and score some against BYU. Greg, you are uh, significantly closer to your homeland uh, than you are in Studio B, being in New Jersey. 
And so we want you to channel your inner Canadian and tell us today's A Cool Thing about Canada from the land of Princeton, New Jersey. All right. This one is, um, you know, it's not going to blow your mind. I'll tell you right off the top. Uh, but uh, it, it's interesting. It kind of speaks to the uh, great relationship that uh, Canada and, and the U.S. have. But Canada is the world's largest country that borders only one country. Interesting. Because Canada and the U.S. share the longest unprotected border in all of civilization. So Canada is the world's largest country that borders only one country. Hmm. Canada and the U.S. joined at the 49th parallel, brothers forever. <laughs> Brothers at the 49th Parallel. That was a fun fact. I did learn more about Jadwin gym- Gymnasium today, though. I did, I did enjoy that. Cantilever. I learned a new word. Yeah, well, I, I hope people uh, enjoy the descriptions that come our way from uh, the Jad tonight. Uh, it'll be uh, Terry Nashif uh, joining me courtside. Mark Durant's uh, sitting this one out. And so uh, I've got a former BYU guard and assistant coach, Terry Nashup is my color commentary colleague tonight. So uh, Terry and I will be on the air at uh, 5 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU Radio, 7 o'clock Eastern. And, uh, of course, the pregame show starts at 4 o'clock Mountain, 6 o'clock Eastern. Jason Shepard there at the BYU Radio Studios, and Terry will join him as well in that first half hour. So listen for us this afternoon and evening from Jadwin Gymnasium in Princeton, New Jersey, for the Cougars and the Tigers and early season college basketball catfight. All right. Great, great stuff, man. We look forward to it. We'll be listening tonight. And Spencer, thank you uh, for your uh, excellent work on last night's uh, BYU football with Kalani Sitake broadcast. Jerem, as always, great job producing it as he has all season. But uh, Spencer, uh, wonderful job uh, keeping the seat warm and taking my spot. And uh, and I hope I get it back next week as well as you did. <laughs> uh, but uh, thanks again. It was great. Well, I think people can only handle white pants for one week. So uh, yeah, everybody's th- talking about your white yes, pants. Yes, they are. You got your white pants. <laughs> I got, got my white pants, pants on. on. So yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that Kalani is down enough to know about the tight pants song. And yeah. so uh, yeah. that's another thing that was positive from last night. Great stuff. Thanks, Greg. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great call tonight. All right, guys. Thanks. Greg Rebell from Prince Princeton, yes. New Jersey, on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, did Kesney Talzinga know who Joe Critchlow was two weeks ago? The answer may surprise you. <laughs> Oh, basketball game day. Let's keep it rolling with assistant coach Quincy Lewis. What does he think of the matchup with the Tigers? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you want it. Ninth-ranked women's volleyball plays San Francisco tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time in the final broadcast on BYU TV of the regular season for women's volleyball. They play Saturday and Tuesday as well, uh, but there's uh, some men's basketball games and some football games. So this is it. Uh, tomorrow night, it's going to be a great match. BYU uh, took it to the Dons the last time. I was actually randomly in San, in San Francisco and went to that match. It was and great. you ran into the volleyball team. Literally ran into them by Fisherman's Wharf. Yes. Yeah. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Basketball night in New Jersey. The Cougars' first significant test of the season when they face Ivy League favorite Princeton coverage starts on BYU Radio at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain. More on this game with Quincy Lewis coming up in just a bit. BYU football host UMass Saturday in the final home game of the season. Coverage begins Saturday with countdown to kickoff at 2 Eastern. BYU Radio pregame coverage at 1 Eastern. 
BYU women's basketball also in action at Washington tonight. Tip-off set for 10 p.m. Eastern. And BYU baseball announces its captains. They are seniors Brennan Anderson, Keaton Kringlin, and Hayden Rogers. The season begins three months from tomorrow, February 16th. If one trip through the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is good, then two are better. And we head back that direction now to join BYU basketball assistant coach Quincy Lewis preparing for BYU and Princeton tonight. Coach, glad to have you back on the show. Hey, good to be here. Apparently you're a man who uh, only joins us when you're in New York or New Jersey, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, didn't we hook up with uh, the Mass and Square Garden a few years ago? Yes. Yep. And yep. that's still your only tweet, which is kind of cool for us, I guess. <laughs> Could we get I really a... care about you guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I misheard you. I thought you said you didn't care about um Could we get a second tweet from Jadwin Gymnasium maybe later today? Is that asking too much? It, that's a pretty tall order, seeing how you know the tweets are few and far between. I'll have to think about that one. Okay. We just wanted to put it on your radar. We'll let, we'll let you stew on, on that agenda. one. <laughs> Coach, how different is Princeton this year versus the team that you beat in last year's regular season opener? You know, that's uh, actually quite a bit different. Uh, they, they do return three players that were key guys for them last year on a you know, on a team that really was one shot away from beating Notre Dame in the NCAA tournament. But when we played them early in the year, one of those kids who wound up being really good for him last year, uh, Stevens kid, didn't play a lot. And they had a couple injuries uh, early in the year after they had played us. And he got his chance and really, really kind of blossomed as a player. And so uh, they're, they're a little bit different. Um, they still uh, run what you would call your traditional Princeton offense. Uh, but now they've kind of incorporated a little bit more isolation with it. This Tigers team is a team that won a lot last year. They won the Ivy League uh, regular season championship, as you mentioned, and uh, an NCAA tournament team, a, a good club. Who's more different, like you mentioned, Princeton or BYU? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, we've we've obviously had some changes too. You know, we've uh, we've we've lost a couple good kids, um, but we've also picked up some good players. And you know, I I don't know. I I think both of us. Uh, both of us have made significant changes since uh, that early game in November last year. What type of game flow do you expect tonight? Because Princeton is largely associated with the Princeton offense, but this team is not going to run anything close to that. So what kind of pace do you expect? You know, they, uh, they will play a little bit faster than what people would think. Um, when they had Pete Carrill and some of the, the great coaches they've had, and they, they have another really good coach right now, they were, you know, more of a knit one, Pearl two uh, type team, but they uh, they'll get out in transition right now. They, they have some uh, some really uh, some dynamic players, and um, you know, from our standpoint, uh, we're not maybe playing quite as fast as we have in the past. So it, it could be similar. Is what you guys are trying to do with the differences schematically on offense and defense that you've seen so far? Is it? I mean, we're seeing that it's working in the box score and whatnot, but from your perspective of where you guys want to execute at, is it working to the level you're hoping or close? Uh, to this point, uh, we like where we're at, you know, and uh, I think you alluded to this is our first significant test uh, that we've had, and it, it will be a good one. I mean, these guys are good. Um, but we, we think that what we've changed offensively and defensively is going to make a difference, you know, not just now, but hopefully uh, when we roll around to the end of February. All right. Uh, 
Elijah Bryant has gotten off to a red-hot start. In fact, 10 for 11, shooting uh, roughly 90% uh, in his opening performance. Do you, do you expect Eli to miss uh, more than one shot tonight? <laughs> yeah, the kid, he's, he's going to miss a few shots. But, you know, what, what's great about Eli is, uh, is how far he's come. I mean, the kid was hurt. He's playing on one leg for a lot of last year, and I, I don't think a lot of people really got to see what he really was. Uh, we saw him as, you know, in his redshirt year and what he could really do, and it's, it's just fun to see him have come full circle here. Let's take a moment to talk about two guys you signed and announced uh, last week with signing day. First, Hunter Erickson, a guard from Timpview, first-team All-State guy. Uh, he's going to go on a mission first, but what can you tell us about Hunter Erickson? We're really excited about Hunter. He... Uh, He's really athletic, shoots it very well, uh, had a great year at Tim Few last year, and then had a very, very good summer uh, this last year. And maybe the thing that I really liked about Hunter, and, and when I was at Lone Peak, I knew who Hunter was because we would compete against them all the time, um, is how he's improved every year. And sometimes you don't see that. Sometimes you see a kid who's really good early, and then they maybe they don't put the time in or kids just catch them physically, and they just don't take that those steps and they never maybe improve from sophomore to junior to senior senior year. But the thing that's exciting about him to me is that each year he seems to have really taken a step and none bigger than this last year, and uh, I, I think he'll continue to get better. Now the second signee is Trevin Nell, 6'5 guard from Woods Cross High School, which is just about an hour north of Provo. First-team All-State guy. The number two recruit in the state of Utah in 2017, he is going to enroll in the fall of 2019 after his LDS mission to uh, Uruguay. So what uh, what do you like about Trevin Nell and what he's going to bring to BYU in a couple of years? Yeah, Trev is a, he's a big-time shooter. He is a big-time shooter, Trev is. And uh, maybe the thing I like the very best about him is sometimes you get guys who are just volume shooters. That, I mean, they're going to score 27, 28 points a game, but it's going to take them a lot to get there. But Trevin is a consistent shooter, game in, game out, practice. I mean, every time you watch this kid, he just he makes shots. And I think that's the number one thing that you're you're getting with him along with, you know, he's 6'5", so he's a little bit bigger guard. Quincy, we've been talking earlier in the show kind of about hype. Do you embrace it? Do you just want to see things play out and whatnot? And obviously some seasons go better than others. Some go according to plan. Some don't go according to plan. Um, how How has this team kind of embraced the – it's been kind of quiet, and you've just been able to kind of put your head down and work in this off season, as opposed to maybe last year. I've <laughs> been kind of nice, you know. But I, you know, as a staff, what you what you try to do is you focus on what you're doing day to day, and uh, you try to get better each day. And and certainly, uh, your players and, and staff for that for that matter are going to going to catch a little bit of all that. Um, but you you really just have to focus on on what you're doing. Quincy, it's great to talk to you. Uh, we'll see if the second tweet comes out or not. Maybe if BYU wins, that would uh, inspire you to do so. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, leave it, we'll leave the ball in your court. Hey, Spencer, you inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Quincy, great you to know, talk I, to you, man. I, I, might, I might get one out of year. One out of year. We'll, we'll, okay. It'll be a big surprise. Okay. okay. Hey. We're, we're, we have no expectations, so you can't. Yeah, the hype is low. Them. No hype. hype. is low. <laughs> Quincy, have a great game tonight.
All right, fellas. Quincy Lewis, BYU basketball assistant coach on the Deseret First Credit <laughs> Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. When he said big-time shooter, I thought he was talking about me, but he was talking about Trevin. I was confused for a sec. I inspire did you, him. <laughs> did you get that as well? Kesney Talsinga will join us next. Why he's not afraid to cry in public. And does he know who Joe Critchlow is? Better know now. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To my left, Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We are live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on BYU TV. It is time, Jerem, that we go two-on-one BYU football all-access with one of the 20 seniors that will play in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the final time on Saturday, Kesney Tausinga. He didn't know who Joe Critchlow was until last week. What's that all about? Kesney, I want you to tell me the biggest difference that you have noticed in practice following BYU's first road win of the season. Uh, man, this week it's, I feel like there's new confidence. A lot of guys are flying around, and um, I, I, just, I feel like there's a new energy. You know, every, every win you get, there's a boost in confidence, and I'm really seeing that with our guys this week, especially our offense. I feel like they have this new swag about them, and I'm just I'm happy for them that they're having some success. What was that welcome like for you in Las Vegas from the fans? It, it seemed like everyone wanted to stay there forever. It was crazy, man. I like I was surprised. I felt like that we had more fans than them. I think we did. Did you guys know? It was packed, and you could really feel it. I think we had an advantage in third downs and stuff like that when they were screaming their heads off, and it was nice. Yeah, BYU totally did. Let's just say yes. Yeah, yeah yes. Yes. This yes. is BYU TV, so it looked yes. Like it. Yeah. Uh, how much more juice is there this week with you guys? Because I know you wanted to go to a bowl game, that, but winning the, the last three would be something of significance to this group, especially the seniors. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like our, our senior group's ready to go out hard, and we want to go out strong, and we're going to do our best to win these next two games. It was a great win last week, but uh, UMass is a good team, and we're going to try to – to smash them like we did last year. They're, they're a different team than they were last year. They're a lot better, but I, I think we're going to go out and win. Yeah, how, how are they different? Uh, just watching film, their, their quarterback looks way good. He's pretty accurate. they got a nice tight end. Um, he catches, catches a lot of balls. Um, their O-line just looks a little more put together than they did last year. I think all around they're just a little more disciplined. A little, they play a little harder than they did last year. They played some close games at Tennessee, again, at Mississippi State. It's a lot of their games have been close. They're a pretty good team. They're three and seven, but they played a ton of close games. Yeah, so like they had a close game with Mississippi. Mississippi had a close game with Alabama. So basically, UMass is as good as Alabama. <laughs> Transitive problem. There is a four-point difference in Alabama and UMass against Mississippi. They're like the same team. No, uh, <laughs> Transitive national champs. Exactly. Uh, but uh, after watching their film, they're they're just a solid team, and um, they do their job and they they go for big plays, and that's I think that's what what made them competitive against Mississippi State especially. They they were going for those big shots and long runs. and um, In the end, Mississippi State put them away, but UMass gave themselves a chance with those big plays. BYU staring down the final home game of the season, senior day for 20 different BYU football players. What's this uh, week like emotionally for the team? Um, man, it feels like when I was having my baby, like you don't really feel like it's going to happen. You know, You just go about your day and work hard, but... In the back of my mind, I know, man, this is all coming to a head. It's all coming to an end real quick, and 
I just got to grind it out, do my best these last couple it's games. It's not real, Kesney. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is not happening. Like UMass is the transitive national champions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What what emotionally will that be like rolling out for the last time at LaBelle Edwards Stadium? Not just in a season, but for the last time for the scene. Um, man, I think a lot of us, we just have so many great memories on that, on that field. Whether it was like... Um, like that Boise game, my sophomore, mine and Fred's sophomore year, or the Mississippi State game last year. There's just so many good memories there, and so I, um, it's going to be a little emotional, but I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun too. Just, just making the most of that day when it comes. Before the game, when you're honored as a senior and you see your family, can you can you let it out, or you're in pregame mode? You're like 15 minutes to kick, right? Oh yeah. You, um, I'm a total believer. If you have emotions, feel them. You know, don't don't hide them. So, Spencer, I keep telling you that. Just feel Fine. it. Just let yourself cry. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so when I see my wife and my baby and my parents, I, I know it'll be emotional. If if I cry, I cry. You know, I'm just I'm a softy deep down, but I'm still gonna play hard. You know. What did you learn about your team in the win against UNLV that will benefit you the final two weeks of this season? Man, I just I see how much um, how like how like our ceiling, you know, how, how high it really is. We haven't been playing up to our potential in all those losses we've had and even in, our, in the, some of the wins. And so I know if we're on our game, especially um, a lot, our, the seniors, if we, if we take that leadership role like we did last week, we're definitely going to win. We'll definitely come out with these next two wins. What, from your perspective on the defensive side, was the best part about seeing Joe Critchlow slinging around and Squally Canada run for 213 yards? Man, it was crazy. We... Uh, I don't know if you guys know, in Mississippi State, we played like 50 plays. Defense played 50 plays in the first half. Oh. And so this last game, I think we had like 60-something plays the whole game. So it was just weird being on the sideline for so long. Like I was <laughs> like, man, I feel like I should be playing more. I'm not getting enough reps. Lazy but, Kesney. And I had so much energy. And I don't know, it was just really encouraging. And I was so happy for those guys. Like, to see a kid like Joe, like I didn't know who he was two weeks ago. And to see him go out there and <laughs> sling it around with no fear, he's the man especially Squally, man, like, he, um, it's awesome to see him break out and just to see, like, him show how good he really is. What did you see from Joe in the locker room after the UNLV game? You're like, who are you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I know he is now. <laughs> it was like two weeks ago he was starting to get reps, and I'm like, dude, who is this ginger kid throwing the ball around? <laughs> but now I know who he is. Everyone knows who he is now. He's, and um, I don't know, before the game I, I told him this, I'll take credit, you know. I told him, yeah. Joe, you go out there, fearless, just sling the ball. Yeah. And I don't know if he was listening to me, but that's, that's what it seemed like he did. He, and he, was, was, like, what's, he was like, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, he didn't, probably didn't know me either. I'm really obscure too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that his nickname is AP Joe because he was an AP at the end of his mission. Have you heard this? Yeah, so last year we had a zone leader heater with Austin yes, Heater. Yes, And this year we got AP Joe. <laughs> so you always got to have that, you know. The, the mission president's second-hand man on the team. Okay. Yeah, and he's calling out people like, how's your home teaching? How are you? Right? Well, Someone's got to be accountable. AP Joe has a sweet social media account as well. Have, Have you, you heard seen about this? this? I haven't. I don't know anything about that. At AP Joe Foe, F-A-U-X. Oh, okay. It's like so Chuck, like Chuck Norris-like tweets yeah. about yeah. AP Joe. Basically, he can do anything and everything. He's superhuman. And he's also met... Um, Manti uh, Teo's girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a feat. That's awesome. Kesney, great stuff. We, uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for yeah. the approaching game against UMass. Wait, some what? Some karma. 
You want some good karma? Yeah, please. I'd, I'd love it. You're scared for a second. I was like, wait, what are you, what are you, what are you giving what me? This voodoo does compliance? Business. Does compliance know you're giving me this? <laughs> <Your> benefits. <laughs> no. The benefit is the, good play. Yes. Is good play. So don't worry. You look, you look nervous. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's safe. <laughs> it's approved by the uh, uh, by compliance. We've yes. talked to Chad William. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Good luck, Chad. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I love he the reaction scared. from Disney. What's what are you giving me? What? Also, he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. He looked scared, Ricky Bobby. Coming up, it's the double hoops game day for Brigham. When and where can you find the games? Plus, can't wait for today's elite tweet. It should be truly elite. Let's get the hype going, Jerem. Get out of here. This is BYU Sports Nation. No, seriously, leave in six minutes. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Muchas gracias to today's guests, Greg Rebel, Quincy Lewis, and Kesney Tausinga. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Brian Billick, Dennis Pitt, and Steve Cleveland. He's back. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Is in New Jersey for the first significant test of the season. The Cougars face Ivy League favorite Princeton. Yes. Coverage begins at 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. Women's basketball. Led by Cassie DeVagere. Plays at Washington tonight. Tip-off set for 10 p.m. Eastern. Cougars in the NBA. Kyle Collinsworth had six points and 11 rebounds in a Texas Legends loss in the G League. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. You need the most. DexterLaw.com. Greg Rubel. Yeah. Explained cantilever <laughs> to us. I didn't know what that was. Now I know. A cantilever roof. It looks like, like a Sydney uh, Opera House. Yeah, it's like an architectural description that was an amazing description that, that he was, gave that on was, he, on the you spot know what? you know what he should describe things for a little on the spot I think he really should which byu team on campus deserves the most hype at mr underscore practical underscore i'm excited to hear this surprisingly <laughs> it's not one of the major sports could be byu women's volleyball or cross country or byu rugby and that is awesome okay our elite tweet of the day from at b royal blue coop Answers, yes, D, all of the above. Then he tagged all of the BYU sports teams at the end Boo! of the tweet. <laughs> Have an opinion. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com. Brenton. Yeah, have an opinion like mine that Yoli's the best in the WCC. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Where are these? Shout out to David Astle. Remember him? BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. You're related to Derek?